the blast from our past network. Conrad! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back to back to come back. <laughs> and we are talking <laughs> season eight, episode 13, The Comeback. Uh, if you are listening to this episode and you're not a patron, you can listen to this one. This is a free episode that we put out, but consider joining our Patreon. You're going to get no ads. You're going to get awesome support. For two guys you know and love, um, and also it's uh, it's just really good to help podcasters. Yeah, it's and only how much? It's not much. It's just one dollar, and you'll get the Van Buren Boys the next episode. Yes, yes, you will. Oh, I forgot to say, I'm Adam. Oh, and I'm Corey. Yeah, there you go. We are your hosts on this wild and wacky adventure. Uh, this episode, this wild first- and wacky adventure about nothing. Uh, this episode aired January thirtieth, nineteen ninety seven. Core, my man, I would like that synopsis. Of course, the comeback. George misses an opportunity to zing a coworker and goes the distance to get him back. Elaine falls for a mysterious video store staff member because she loves the movies he recommends. Kramer picks Elaine to be the executor of his living will. Jerry buys an expensive racket from a tennis pro who turns out to be a terrible player. Oh, Milos. Milos. Uh, They should have said with a, who turns out to be a uh, tennis zero. (laughs) Instead of pro, but whatever. Well, we start this episode at Yankee Stadium, and we have a scene that is uh, not its own separate. It actually works into the rest of the storyline. It actually sets up George's yeah. entire storyline. It so is funny. It's, it seems like it either goes one way or the other. Either it completely yeah. sets up the entire storyline for the episode, or it's like completely standalone. Um, I'm, I'm starting to come around with you, especially after mm. watching this episode. I'm liking when these opens actually, you know, set up the dominoes for the entire episode. Yeah. I think if it's going to be a cold open, I want it to be really fucking funny. And if it's not really fucking funny, then just set up the what's going to happen. Yeah. And so far, I just don't think they have been really fucking funny. There's been more misses than hits, I'd say. Yeah. Yep. So George is going to town on some shrimp and just the way he eats. I just I got it. We've talked about this before. But it always bothers me. And we see it in a lot of episodes. He's a mouth open eater uh, and he just shovels food when he is like, you know, in in the eating mode. He's shoveling this food and it would just it would make me dis- disgusted. Like, yeah. how how could anyone ever go on a date with him and not be like, yeah, we're done immediately. I know. But anyway, and, and he's he, the type of person like and I can't listen to people eat like I hate that yeah. shit. So this always gets on my nerves because he's always talking too while he's eating. Blah, 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 you know, he's just. She's a filthy creature. <laughs> yes. So yeah, he's at this meeting, and one of his coworkers, who notices how much he is uh, shoveling into his mouth, makes fun of him and says, "Hey, George, the ocean called. They're running out of shrimp." <laughs> everybody, everybody laughs. Uh, I mean, it's a terrible joke, 
but it uh, yeah, it's still funny. Funny yeah. enough because he's ripping on George. Yeah, and so Riley, who who this gentleman is, uh, is played by Joel Polis. And I didn't recognize, like, his face Mm-mm. at all. But when I looked him up on IMDb, my fucking mind was blown because I, he I is in John Carpenter's The Thing as Fuchs. Now, oh, I know God. you don't know what that means, nope. but The Thing is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I've seen it a gazillion times. And, in fact, it is the number one most downloaded episode of Podcasting After Dark by an amazing margin, like, to number two. Oh. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. So he plays Fuchs in The Thing. And, yeah, he has a beard and, like, and whatnot in, in that movie. So he looks very different. But I was never would I ever expect an alumni from that movie to show up on Seinfeld fair i mean yeah if i loved the thing like you did i probably would have gotten excited (laughs) yeah (laughs) so all right all right george uh you know obviously he's he's later he's driving and then he he's just upset and you know we've all had this kind of thing happen where you realize something way later i should have said that and he gets all upset he Figures out something that he should have said. Yeah, the, the um, like the mm-hmm. inception for like George's storyline for for this episode, I think yeah. is extremely relatable. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we cut to like a, a pro store, uh, like an ad, like maybe an athletic club or whatever. But uh, George is telling Jerry the line that he realizes. You know what would have been a perfect comeback? Well, you know what? The jerk store called and they're running out of you because <laughs> <laughs> people are. Buying him at the jerk store, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously the whole episode is leans into the fact that like it's a, it's not that funny, but I've never yeah. hated it. I'm not gonna lie, I always <laughs> thought it was decent, you know, because it's Seinfeld. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but as if it was a real comeback, you'd be like, the fuck does that even yeah, mean? Probably, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did notice, yeah, Jerry had this horrendously old wooden racket. Yeah, and also who noticed that is the uh, guy who runs the pro shop. Named Milos. Milos. Uh, and, you know, he was, uh, he kind of was, uh, Jerry was trying to buy a can of balls from him. And that actor. <laughs> that made me laugh for some reason. Can what, of balls. Can of balls? Yeah. <laughs> you dirty, filthy motherfucker. Yeah, uh, that actor is Mark Herlick. Um, I actually, he's got quite a bit of credits. I remember him actually, funny enough, best as Dr. Gablehauser from early episodes of Big Bang Theory. Oh. Um, but he has done tons of stuff. I always remember him. I think he was like the kid's dad in Jurassic Park 3 or something. I don't think he survives, <laughs> okay. but I just remember him because I was like, oh, it's Milos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? But yeah, he's got a shit ton uh, of credits. Yes. All right. Meanwhile, Elaine is at a video store looking for something to rent. Kramer pops in, uh, you know, and he runs into her there. We learn about their store picks, or not really store picks, their employee picks that they have at this place. And Elaine is a big fan of Vincent's picks. She lets us know that Kramer, who usually goes with jeans picks, got his own Kramer pick, as he says. He picked out his own one called The Other Side of Darkness. And it's funny because he's like, and it went straight to video. That means I'm the premiere. I was like, that's that's kind of funny. But uh, I looked it up. I was like, let me see if this is a real one or not. Um, And it's actually it is made up. But there is a movie called The Other Side of Darkness that came out in 2022. It came out this year. Um, And then there was like another one. I think it was 2021, and it was called like the Tunnel colon the Other Side of Darkness. Uh, so that sounds like a channel sort of. Uh, it movie does, yeah. yeah. Were but, uh, either of them about a coma? No, no. Oh, it didn't seem like it now. So. <laughs> but that's what this movie is about: some woman uh, who's in a coma, and Kramer 
tells Jerry, you know, apparently he went and watched it. He tells Jerry all about it. And he has this handwritten will, uh, which, you know, is, is not maybe particularly legally binding. So Jerry recommends he should go talk to a lawyer. Get a nice little reference here about Jackie Childs that he has a restraining order on Kramer. So he's not going to be going to that lawyer. So um, we also find out that Jerry ended up with this nice, expensive racket. Uh, based on Milo's su- suggestion, and it's two hundred dollar so. racket. And that's nineteen ninety what six or seven money. So, so yeah. yeah, that's that's expensive. pretty expensive. Yeah, that's a solid racket. Uh, Elaine just finished her movie and she's crying and she loved it. You know, I also love it when a movie makes me cry. Like I, I think film. A lot of people and my wife included. She is a, just a. She likes the stuff that makes you happy. She likes the happy ending stuff. Yeah, you know, she wants the movie to make her feel good. I just want the movie to make me feel. Feel. And so if, if it makes me feel whatever, and like the target thing, that it's the target thing that it's trying to get me to feel, then I'm like, that's a successful film. Yeah, yeah. Now so. I'm with you, buddy. I do like various kinds of movies, and uh, and I too sometimes enjoy feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just not feeling your, you know, your dick, buddy. Yeah. Just stop that. You, yeah. You, there you, you go. Sleazy motherfucker. Ah, damn it! I'll stop it right now. There you go. <laughs> We're podcast. We're on Zoom, man, for this podcast. So stop it. Uh, all right. Uh, though, right after she finishes the film, she gets a call. Did you enjoy the movie? It's Vincent on the phone. He apparently got her number, you know, from uh, the records at the store or something. And it's creepy. I was gonna say this is a creepy storyline for Elaine. Yeah, it is. But she talks to Jerry later. Tells him. That they talked for like two hours, and she always loves his movies. There, you know, um, and so they're she's she's forming a connection with this guy. But uh, so they go out out to a different tennis club uh, because we find out that George used up all his guest plat- passes at the typical one where the uh, where Milos works. I, I thought that was a out. I thought that was a funny little dig on George. Like I like that little. It's not it's not a line that like elicits like a bunch of laughter. But when I heard mm-hmm. it, I was like, eh, that's funny, you know. And I like that. I like how they threw that little bit of a jab on him. I agree. It, it helps set up the fact of why um, would Milos be playing at a, at this place? Because um, you know he wouldn't play at his own pro club no. uh, if he's going to be that bad but you see him he's there and he's dressed up with sunglasses and yeah. a hat he's kind of like hiding himself but it does it does gonna it gives some explanation as to why they would find Milos at this other place or why they're even at this, at this other place which is obviously just a fucking set yeah um, oh. Like, <laughs> oh no okay so I have um, it's it's gonna be more applicable later um, uh-huh. but I can there's a huge a pretty big story about this uh, outdoor um uh, outdoor it looked indoor so they had well to, you can tell me you can save it till later yeah, let's the, save it till later. It, it's right. more should be more applicable to the last uh game that they play okay yeah, all at right the end of the all episode right. it just looked like there were damn curtains everywhere and didn't luckily like it was like an indoor spot but we'll I'm, I'm curious to hear the story hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. 
And Steven Seagal mm. is a joke. <laughs> Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. So I said, yes, Jerry notices that Milos is playing and he sucks. He sucks like donkey balls. It is not good playing, like almost like a joke. Like I feel even someone who's never played before would be better than him. Yeah. Uh, but of course, this makes Jerry upset because he bought his tennis racket based on uh, Milos's suggestion. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and I like know. how in the next scene he's telling, I think, Elaine or what somebody, he's like, he could have been playing just as well with a log. Yeah, exactly. He's talking to George. Um, George overall is excited because he got he has another meeting coming up and he's going to try uh, his zinger, his comeback. And so he tells Elaine and Kramer it. It doesn't land. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> no. She suggests your cranium called. It's got room to rent. <laughs> I like how Jerry laughed at that one, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Jerry comes up with the zoo called. You're due back by six. <laughs> it's a good I actually one like too. that one. Yeah, me too. They're good. both good. Yeah. So, while Kramer gives maybe the best suggestion of them all, just says, just tell him you had sex with his wife. <laughs> That'll get to him. And then, and then George completely mm. fucking flips out and loses his shit. And he starts yelling, this is why I hate writing with a large group. Everyone has their own little opinions and it all gets homogenized and you lose the whole edge of it. I'm sticking with, you know, the, the, the I'm sticking with the, uh, he, the, he's going to the jerk store. Exactly. I think a lot of but the reason I track going to the, the reason I track that dialogue uh-huh. is because you know what it fucking reminded me of? The fucking story group now at Star Wars, you know, and how ev- how Star Wars is now created by a, uh, a committee, a group. Yeah, and, I have And seen because that. of that, we're losing that uh, before sort of Filoni and uh, Favreau sort of took it in. Uh-huh. But if you look at the movies, we lost that driving vision from the Lucas, sequels. you know, and it's yeah. because in, in this, and I believe this dialogue explains everything, and we get this homogenized thing that has no edge to it whatsoever. You know, yeah. and the only movie that sort of was a singular vision was The Last Jedi, and that's the one people shit on the most. So I just, I just thought this was interesting and, and kind of especially yeah. timely with with everything at Lucasfilm now. Yeah, it is interesting. I did see a video on that uh, on that stuff, and yeah, it did feel kind of crazy because they were just trying to they're trying to jam all this shit into Star Wars when all they should be focusing on is the main story. The story, yeah. And make sure the story's good. But they ask, no, you got to make sure this is more diverse than ever before. And you got all this other stuff. Or, or this, don't step on this, like the book continuity and shit like that. And you watch yeah. Lucas back in the day, man. He gave no fucking shits. Like, he mm-hmm. he does not get lost in the minutia of things. He just moves forward and creates his story. And yeah. uh, But now you got all these little people tinkering. And I think we see what that results in. And I think George is correct. He hates writing as a group. And I think he's right. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Did you notice, though, something that I absolutely noticed? After his little tirade, 
Yep. The audience went nuts. Yes, yes. The audience gave him a giant cheer as he left, and and, and and it seemed like it also invigorated the audience because they laughed a lot harder at the throughout the rest of the mm-hmm. scene. But I did notice it, it was probably one of the biggest cheers we've had in, I don't know, four seasons at least. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, it just kind of came, let's say it came out of nowhere. I didn't feel like the performance was... The greatest performance of George going crazy. Yeah. And so I was just like, whoa, where, why did this happen? But yeah, the, the crowd fucking loved it. Loved it. So. Yep. Uh, Kramer notices Jerry put uh, his, uh, or has pulled back his old racket from the trash that Kramer put in there a while back. Um, and he's worried that that uh, Jerry can't let go of things. <laughs> and, you know, because he had this whole will of the living will um, about what to do, you know, when what happens to him with stuff. And so he's like, all right. I can't trust you to be my executor. He decides Elaine on the spot is going to be the right person. Now, now I will say before he does go with Elaine, I will say that I did like Jerry's uh, uh, response. He goes, trust me, Kramer. Given the legal opportunity, I will kill you. (laughs) That is a really good line. (laughs) So... Uh, we cut to the lawyer's office. And, and who do we see? We see Ben Stein, <laughs> my man. When what Ben Stein's money or, you know, the teacher from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, whatever yeah. you know him from, you know the voice, you recognize the face. There is one and only Ben Stein. Yep. Uh, so they're drafting up all these different stipulations of what to do and what happens to them. And there's just some of these horrid situations <laughs> about like, oh, you know, what if uh, you can eat, but everything else is has to be mechanically to get stuff to keep you, al- keep you alive. Yeah. Or, you know, what about, you know, you're paraplegic, but, you know, you can still you're uh, mumble or something like that, whatever they were. But it was I thought these were actually pretty damn funny. I thought they were, too. But this might be an unpopular opinion. I thought that this scene went one one example too long. Like, like okay, it should have, okay. you know what I mean? Like, they should have just cut one of them out or something. But overall, I thought it was funny. Fair. And maybe it was because they had they had Ben Stein, and he's not really in it for the rest of the episode. Maybe they wanted yeah. to give him a little bit more screen time. Possible. Very possible. Uh, Milos talks to Jerry, begs him not to tell anyone his secret about being an awful player because he's a, you know, a, a, a guy at a pro shop, and he needs to have the illusion that he knows what he's talking about. Um, and so he wants to try and find a way to make it up to Jerry. And so he's going to try and figure that out on the way out. Jerry sees this beautiful warm woman and kind of flirts with her on his way out. And, and we'll give so. the stats on her in a couple scenes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, Elaine and Kramer are back at the video store and, the uh, Vincent pick is this really long, like two part, D- two part VHS. You remember <laughs> yeah, those things, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah like Titanic. Um, yeah. Now, the biggest anomaly that I've ever seen. Uh, I've talked about this before, maybe even with you, but I'll just throw it out again. When I worked at the video store in Rockville, Maryland, which is where uh, Adam's sister lives. Uh, she didn't live at the video store then, but uh, <laughs> no. Adam's trying to take a drink of his soda right now. I'm just trying to make him spit it out. Um, but it was a mom and pop store, so it wasn't like, you know, all adult stuff, you know. Uh, so we had regular VHSs in the front. And the weirdest VHS that we had was a Predator 2-pack. And it's Predator 1. The movie is not split up into two movies. It is a packaged Predator with two Predator 1 VHSs in it. 
And I guess the idea is if you're, it was, you love this movie so much that you wear out one of the, the VHSs, uh-huh. but the, the packaging was built for it. Like, it's not two VHS yeah. packages pushed together. Like, they created the packaging for it. And it just, to this day, I think I stole it. I have it in my mom's basement. But to this day, I don't know why it was created and I don't know why we had it, but it was a Predator 1 two pack with two copies of Predator 1 on VHS. Yeah, that is uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. I, I feel like I once you started talking about that, I remember you. Yeah, <laughs> you calling that out. So, but yeah, so she she what was the movie? Uh, the the pain and the yearning or something. That's the one. She, yeah, yeah, the pain. Yes, <laughs> but like it's just you know it's so emotionally draining. Yeah, you know some of these movies they're good. She always likes them, but they're just very emotionally draining. And so uh, Kramer rec- uh, recommends go with the Gene pick. And what is the Gene pick? Weekend at Bernie's 2. <laughs> Who doesn't love Weekend at Bernie's 2, man? Well, apparently Elaine. Nah. I love it, but Elaine is watching it, and she is just, like, criticizing it. She's like, he's dead. You just put glasses <laughs> on him and let him dance, and you think it gets, uh, he's alive? But the Weekend at Bernie's 2, if I may. Yeah, please, please, is, my friend. <laughs> I think is top-tier cinema. Yeah. Because it takes the whole fun ridiculousness from Weekend at Bernie's 1 Adds a voodoo element yes, where he yes. can de- hears the Callisto music I, I and he does he does the Bernie walk, man. I love it. I love it, dude. <laughs> and the guy who plays Bernie, I think when he does his like Bernie walk and kind of slumps down into it, it makes me fucking laugh every time. Oh my god, uh, 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 Terry Kaiser. He he does not get enough credit for the physical performance that he pull, pulled off mm-hmm. in those two movies. I mean, you know, it's let's not joke. It's not high cinema or anything. Thing. But but people do. I mean, it's probably the closest thing we have to like some sort of modern Charlie Chaplin, though. Like the what he pulled off in that was was impressive, and I don't think we see a lot of physical comedy like that anymore. Um, but no. Weekend at Barney's one and two, both fucking classics. I love. I adore both of those films. <laughs> I do. I need to rewatch those, man. <laughs> Damn, I, I, I own those. one on number one on Blu-ray. I think I need to buy part two now. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a necessary Blu-ray purchase. It I think is. even if you just is, buy the buddy. regular DVD, <laughs> it's, it's necessary. <laughs> no, you gotta get like the 25th anniversary, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, uh, the yeah, the Steel Book, all that kind of I, shit. I'm preserving history, my man. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, she gets another call after watching Weekend at Bernie's too. And it is kind of to me. It's also kind of creepy how he knows perfectly when to call. I guess maybe yeah. this was in the middle of the movie when she when he calls. But she, you know, it's it's Vincent again, and he's upset that she went with a gene pick, of course, because they thought they had a connection. Yeah. At the Yankees meeting, apparently uh, the guy George wanted to do his zinger too, doesn't work there anymore. Uh, he left. Uh, but George does get another guy kind of ripping on him. Yeah. He says, uh, "Oh, we only wake you up for the important meetings," and I'm like, "Oh." So why didn't you just use it there? I guess because well, because there wouldn't have been a good comeback for that one. Well, but, but then he didn't. Yeah. But he doesn't get obsessed though, like he did correct before. And I thought, I mean, isn't this insult yeah. kind of just as strong as as I guess the other one is a bit more under the skin, right? Because it's implying that George is shrimpy and small, right? Um, I, just, I, I mean, just I like- think it. I, I didn't know if it implied George was shrimp or small, just that he was eating a lot of shrimp. That's what I got from it. So, I mean, so like, so why didn't George become fixated on getting this guy back now, you know? I don't know. Maybe it's because he at least says we bring you in for the important meetings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> to me, that's almost a compliment. Cool, right? leave me out of the shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that should have been your comeback. Yeah, because I'm fucking too too powerful for the shit that the smaller yeah. meetings or something. I don't know. That, yeah. I'm sure yeah, I'll come up leave, with a better comeback once. And we leave the over. shit for you. Like yeah. that would have been perfect. Yeah, there you, you go. The shit, maybe for you. Whatever. All right. Uh, Jerry sees that same beautiful lady on the street. Uh, because Milos gave her his address. That's how Milos wants to repay Jerry, and she is very forward with him. And immediately is like, I'd rather just go right up to the, your apartment and just like, boing. <laughs> yeah. uh, now might be a good re- uh, time to talk about this uh, lovely actress. This lovely actress, I guess you'll make me say her name, Ivana Malekovic. <laughs> Um, there's probably an accent on... is yeah. Melissevich is what I'm going to go with. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're probably uh, right about that. Um, I actually recognize her. She was in that show, The 100, um, but yeah. <laughs> but I kind of recognize her from Red Alert 3, the uh, the PC game. Oh, I, I played that game. Yeah, she was. Yeah. The, I think she was one of the cutscene Russian girls or something, you know? Mm, yeah, cutscene yep. Russian mm, girl. Yeah, go look up the cutscenes <laughs> for that game. It is... It is. It does not hold up well in in twenty twenty two. That's not the Tim. That's not the Tim Curry one, is it? I don't. Th- is, Tim is, Curry did one. Tim Curry I know, did it. And might have been. Yeah. But what I mean by it is, is that yeah, it says Red Alert three immediately pops up. With okay, Tim Curry, okay. Red Alert. But like, what I mean by it doesn't hold up well. The, all the female characters, and they're supposed to be like military, like officials. But all the female characters are like in bikinis, and they're giving you like <laughs> orders, and it's supposed to be like this war that's happening. But they're in bikinis, and you're like, okay, yep. guys, w- what are you really doing here? Not that uh, I was complaining. So they have, uh, yeah, motion video. It also has J.K. Simmons and George Takai as other leaders of the, of different factions. And Yeah, um, and it has Rick Flair as, as a general as well. Rick Flair? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to watch <laughs> that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. So, because, yeah, I do not remember. It's been a long time. Uh, but yeah, Ivana. Uh, she's also was in a movie just like Heaven. She has over ninety credits. Yeah. she has been in quite a bit of stuff, and she's beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, I'm Corey, and I'm Zach, and we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Hey, everybody. I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. 
Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. Kramer, uh, in his apartment, we see the lineup of pasta people right behind him, yep, yep. of course. And uh, he's watching more of the movie because he didn't get through any of it before. He got through a couple minutes until just when she got <laughs> to the coma. Yeah. And that distracted him. Uh, but by the end of the film, the lady comes out of the coma. She comes out of the, the coma rested, and feel, like feeling rested. rested. <laughs> I mean, this is maybe a fun tie into it just being a straight to DV or straight yeah. to, to uh, video movie. And so it's not going to be the best. And that's the whole reason he wanted to write that living will and all this kind of shit. So he's getting, you know, a little wacky upset. Um, and back in Jerry's apartment, the woman is about to kiss him, but she stops herself. She can't. She's just too much in love with Milos, her husband. Oh, shit. We can kind of figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. Uh, Milos sent her in there um, to try and, you know, make amends <laughs> with Jerry because he could tell that he thought she was attractive. So uh, so Jerry and George talk about it. He didn't sleep with her, uh, you know, because of society. <laughs> because, yeah, because society. <laughs> because yes. of society. <laughs> uh, Kramer comes in, mentions the whole ending. Uh, George, for some reason, gets in a huff. Because he wanted to see it. Uh, George was being a little bit of a bitch right there. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. But I did like how he's like, how is Eric Roberts as the husband? I, I like the Eric Roberts name drop. Because Eric Roberts at this time was doing a lot of, you know, straight-to-video stuff. Yep, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kramer didn't know people could come out of comas. <laughs> and and Jerry goes, I didn't know you couldn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And he wants to stop the will because of it. Uh, we cut back to the video store, and Vincent's pick is betrayed. <laughs> Some movie, because he's been betrayed. And then we also find out that he's not going to make picks anymore. And now his picks are going to be taken over by Gene. And Elaine, you know, doesn't love that. She goes to talk to the guy at the <laughs> store in the front. She's like, how am I going to know what to rent without, you know, Vincent's picks? And he's like, well, we have a large selection of Gene picks. And she goes, Gene's trash. And he just looks at her. I'm Gene. Yeah. <laughs> That's I good. That's probably much. one of my favorite lines of this, the episode. Very much loved it. All right. At the pro shop, uh, Milos informs us yeah, that his wife no longer respects him because, of course, I, I, uh, I guess that's the risk you run when you uh, dabble in the flesh trade. <laughs> yes, that's another really good line. Uh, but he's, he asks Jerry, you know, hey, if I can beat you at tennis, it'll make me look like a man in front of her. She really respects that. Yeah, and he's like, sure. And then, of course, Jerry agrees to it, but he's like, sure, as long as there's no other girls around, because I want to look like a man, exactly. too. <laughs> yeah, which there are other multiple other yeah. ladies at the, in that one. But um, at Monk's, Elaine was given a gift by Vincent, the play button off of his VCR, which again, <laughs> continuing the creep factor here, yeah. but that's all playing it up. George comes in. We find out the guy now lives in Ohio, this dude that he wants to pester, um, and he's going to fly out. He wants to fly out to zing him. <laughs> he's going to go all the way to Ohio just to zing him. Um, and, you know, they try and talk him into another line or other stuff, but he's just so focused. He loves that jerk store line, and he wants to use it, no matter what the cost. He's fully committed. He is. Uh, Elaine gets another call from Vincent, and they agree to meet. Um, but uh, she needs to bring a few things for him from the store. <laughs> okay. Interesting. 
uh, Kramer is driving very slowly and very safely uh, to his lawyer again because, you know, he doesn't want anything to happen to him. But we find that's why he's misses the uh, appointment that he had. And so now the lawyer is gone. Apparently he has a tennis um, thing. I'm not going to lie. That's weird. I didn't track that that was the reason. I think you're 100% correct. I think that was wonky writing with him going mm-hmm. so slow. And then she's like, oh, that, I heard her say that. Like, oh, that meeting was like at 10 a.m. and it's 2 o'clock now. And I was, I guess just like a four-hour difference just didn't register in my mind that it was him driving slow was the reason mm-hmm. for it. Um, it does make the episode better knowing that those two in my head – scenes didn't really have a connection now they're actually connected that actually makes it a little bit smoother for me so thank you for that but you're right that that difference is absurd it's a little bit it's too absurd i would almost would it rather just been an hour difference or something you know yeah yeah exactly but hey he needed to take his lunch you know they should have said your appointment was yeah right at 11 but he needed to go off and leave at noon for his tennis lesson but whatever so uh jerry and milos play and I love asshole Milosh because I can tell you, man, I don't say this often, but I think it often. Another game for Milosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do have I do have Milosh of his voice in my head for some things, and and I do quite enjoy him. Uh, so real quick, here here's the interesting factoid about this episode. Um, this tennis court, uh, they needed it to be an indoor tennis court, I guess, to match the exterior shots that they had already picked up um Uh and there are none in la really so what they did was they got uh, a tennis court and they put a with a crane they had a tarp come over it um and so while they're filming it they're like it was it was an el nino season and we had one of the biggest rainstorms of like la history and so they have like they even had footage you know of the tarp and everything so they're filming the scene as fast as they can and i mean the tarp is sagging they have people trying to push it up and but the safety people are like we need to wrap up fucking now like seriously and so they wrapped up all the master shots and you can see all the wetness around everything and uh uh, so they wrap up all the master shots so then they have to come back later and film the close-up shots but they had to use a di- and this is what looks like a set probably because they had to actually create a set like a half court type of thing but what they said was kind of difficult um, because normally they would just use a court and have the camera set up here yeah. they had to only could film one half and so they would have to keep in mind that okay did Jerry hit to the right so Milo should oh, have yeah. to be returning on that side so they said that it was actually pretty fucking like Difficult to sort of block this out or more difficult than they were used to. And on top of it, their main director, Andy Ackerman, was uh, like on vacation for a week. Uh, So the uh, first assistant uh, director basically blocked all of this down. But they were like, he he just did an amazing job. It was it was difficult, but he did it well. And it looks amazing. But you Mm -hmm. can see. The master shots were how wet it is and everything. And it was a they said they got everything packed up and out like literally five, ten minutes before the entire thing collapsed in. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. It was they were all like it was it was pretty bad. Like we 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 were close on that one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. that's a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. And so my only question was. I guess they had to have it like so. I guess they found the exterior location in New York first, and then mm. had to to replicate it on the ins, you know, in L.A. Yeah. Essentially, it so I just found it interesting that they were so stuck on this. It had to be a, a covered one. Maybe in New York there are no 
open ones. You know, I, yeah, I don't and, know. And maybe they really, really wanted to avoid an outdoor one because you'd see palm trees or other shit good, like yep, that. Yep, good call. Good call. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Milos on top of everything is just ripping on Jerry, calling him a little baby <laughs> and all this. He's just, he's just trying to play up his own manhood and whatnot and play Jerry down and look good in front of his wife. Who's cheering um, for Milos? You know, she's, she's happy. Course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Elaine goes to a Vincent's place. Again, creepy. He just wants her to open uh, the door and leave the bag of stuff that she brought with him. And then in comes this lady. It's Vincent's mother. <laughs> and, you know, it gets all creepy stuff. She ends up kind of opening up the door. Ah, my acne. <laughs> and we find out Elaine had brought vodka and cigarettes uh, cigarettes and fireworks. It's a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, and I do like her. Do you have our the play button of our VCR? And <laughs> she just takes it off of her her necklace. She had it on her she necklace. That's how much she loved Vincent. Now, did you recognize the yeah. guy who played Vincent? Uh, I recognized him a little bit, and then I looked up at him, and I'm like, oh, wow, impressive. Yeah, Dan- Danny Strong. He's been in a yeah. lot of stuff, but I will kind of always remember him on the uh, the first few seasons of Buffy, or when she was in high school. He was one of yeah. those... He was he was like a side character that eventually like turned into, you know, somebody doing something bad, but he was like in a bunch of episodes and then but he was also in Justified too, which is a yep. if you've never and seen Gilmore Justified, Girls. it's a great show. Well, he also is a really good writer. Yeah. Uh he, he wrote uh two of the screenplays for two of the Hunger Games mm. movies. He created the show Empire. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. He wrote uh the Lee Daniels is the Butler movie as well, that screenplay. Okay. So, uh yeah, the guy's Pretty damn good. Yeah, multi-talented. Now, when he does scream mm-hmm. uh, my zits, that was um, not his voice. That was the voice of the kid that they were doing. So it's not his voice on the phone. It's not Danny Strong's uh, voice on the phone. That was another as a kid yeah. actor. And then they kind of just had him mouth the words and yada, 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 yada okay. sync it up, you know. Funny enough, Danny Strong is the exact same age as uh, the Ivana. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he's not he's not no. too young he's not a kid by any no. means and he doesn't look like a kid in this either <laughs> no he does not uh we're back at tennis and jerry's had enough with uh, milos pushing him around and so he gives him like a real serve and uh oh you know milos is realizing he's getting in trouble uh, then kramer comes in because he's looking for the lawyer because he's just he has to you know fix this living will thing uh and because Jerry hits the ball too hard at Milos, Milos loses the racket, and it happens to hit a guy who is doing the ball thing, uh, you know, the the shooter, which shifts and hits Kramer in the head multiple times. It's it's a convoluted setup. Even just to get Kramer yeah. to the tennis court is a convoluted setup, but I will say... I do love the shot of him getting shot in the head multiple times with the the tennis ball as he's sliding down. Is it worth the the convolution to get there? I don't know. I think it kind of like offsets, you know what I mean? Like I don't know if it was fully worth it. But I enjoy yeah, it. I, I think it it brings it down a little bit. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So because it does, it just feels like, wow, that was a fucking stretch. Just to get just um, to get that and that's the punchline. That's what we're trying that's all we were trying to get there. Well, that, that's not the... Well, me, Kramer's well, punchline, or should I say, to that thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the physical joke of that, but to me, it's the... When we see him in a coma, basically. Yeah. Like, that's what we're, re- yeah. that's what we're really getting. We need some kind of... 
head injury because it's like yeah. with all this coma stuff, if Kramer doesn't get into a coma, this episode doesn't work right. for me. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, if he if Kramer does not go in the hospital in this episode, it's a fucking zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we cut to Akron, Ohio. George meets with his nemesis. He's uh, talking to Firestone, uh, which is. Yeah, it looks like the exact same media room, except they took they just added a Firestone sticker. Absolutely, bro. <laughs> Which that doesn't bother me. I think it's just no. a stupid thing. I know. <laughs> yep. Uh, and he has this huge bucket of cocktail shrimp, and he is just fucking. He's trying to goad the guy into saying that line. Which uh, he does, and George retorts with his jerk store one, and the guy immediately comes back with, what's the difference? You're their all-time bestseller. <laughs> Boom. Zing. He got him good. And what does George come back with? What is in his back, back pocket? <laughs> in his back pocket, well, I had sex with your wife. <laughs> and I love and, how yeah. Riley's boss just slowly stands up. Just kind of leans over to George, just says, his wife's in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that as a good turn back around, yeah. bring back the coma thing. Yeah. Um, I will say I've used that line every, like, eh, very sparingly, but I think it's a funny line of somebody says something and I just go like, well, I had sex with your wife. <laughs> it's pretty, it's, I mean, it's few and far between, but it's always a fun one. Yeah, especially if they get um, it, you know, versus if they yeah. don't. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, yes, in kind of the, you know, speaking of comas and whatnot, we see Kramer is sleeping. He's not actually in a coma, but he's sleeping in the hospitals, what Jerry says after getting hit in the head. Uh, and Elaine comes in uh, with a VCR to cheer cheer him up. She thought a movie might boost his spirits, a gene pick, uh, and she needs an outlet. And then she starts, un she unplugs something. My head immediately went to... Who the fuck unplugs things at a hospital? Yeah, and, and it's like one of those big plugs too, you know. Yeah. So you know, like something, <laughs> some sort of equipment is is there, you know. Yeah, that's that's insanity. Yeah, uh, but Kramer wakes up at this moment, uh, but you know, believing that Elaine is kill happy, um, you know, is pulling his plug, and he wakes up and screams, "Ah, that's great!" And I think the episode probably should have ended there. Yes. Um, and then we get a tag, an unnecessary tag of George trying to think of another line. Again, he's obsessed about this thing. And he then thinks of something. Like, and he's on the drive back from the airport. And up, oh, up, oh, he needs to go. And he turns back around. And we assume he's going back out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I preferred that one of ending with the other guy just got the upper, not the upper hand. It ended with the coma thing. Yeah. You know, he already, he got him back with that. You know, he made fun of his coma wife. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's then, like, cause now it's like, yeah. are we just, is George just going to be going on this, this adventure again? It's like, yeah. You know, and what are you getting out of it? You've already sort of failed it. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I was, I was kind of more shocked uh, watching him, uh, or, you know, the, whoever's driving that car in New York, hang a bitch in traffic like that. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. having everybody honk at him. I was like, damn, Damn, that did yeah. not look like there those cars were like you know production cars or anything. It looks like uh -huh. someone just hung a bitch, Could be. you know. Could <laughs> but be. yeah, I'm with you. So. I, I was just like, no, it should have just ended, and I thought it was just going to end with the Kramer screaming, you know, like that. Yeah, yep, yep. That would that would have helped a little bit. So, um, I guess I'll start off things sure. on this episode, yeah. and I will say I really did like the lack of the cold open. Um, it set up George's story much better. Um, and I just really kind of set things off. Yeah, exactly. All the dominoes were going. 
I love Milos. I love another game for Milos, and he's such a douche. Um, and you know how he gets this hot wife, but whatever. Good for him. Uh, the jerk store line is just fucking classic. You know, I mean, this is a classic Georgism that you have to appreciate. And I thought Elaine's storyline was funny. I like that stuff too. It was quite good. Everything just worked, I think, pretty well for this episode. Um, some things intertwined pretty well, actually. Their storylines kind of merging a little bit into each other. Um, there was some docs, you know, um, particularly like, you know, that, that extra tag just wasn't necessary. And some of the other things that we had just kind of mentioned. Yeah, like, um, like just kind of Ben Stein maybe overstayed his welcome by like one, you know, sentence. Yeah, other stuff. Just enough little things that just like, okay, this is not a perfect episode. Um and, and is it is it even the next one? You know what? I don't know. I'm kind of fighting back and forth. And I'm going to say, yes, it is. I really enjoyed this one. So I'm going to give it 4.5 out of 5 play button necklaces. Wow. Wow. That's uh, that's impressive, my friend. I'd be willing to go down to a 4. <laughs> but that's as low as I'm going. No, man, it's all good. You you really enjoyed this episode. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you. I did as well. I thought it was a, a very good episode of Seinfeld. I very much enjoyed the the connectivity uh, of things. I think I thought everything kind of flowed well. And obviously we called out, I, we think that, you know, Kramer, it was kind of a stretch. But, you know, I think it paid oh, off yeah. well, you know. Yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah, the stretchness of that scene. So maybe that would bring me down. But now I'm sticking. I already said yeah. it. 4.5. It's all good. I didn't, you know, that brought it down from, from a five, you know, so it's not perfect. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's good. It, it's got so much fun stuff happening with it. Um, and you know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I really enjoy talking about it with you, but you bringing that up the, the, you made it work better for me with the whole mm. four hours and traffic. You connected those two scenes for me in my head. And that was a weird chain that I didn't like, like just flying out there loosey goosey like that. So I'm really happy that you fixed that for me. And this is an episode that I find myself, you know, internally quoting a lot like you do with mm -hmm. Milos, you know, I love all that kind of stuff. Elaine was great. I mean, I, I liked everybody's storyline. They weren't, none of them were perfect, but I enjoyed mm -hmm. them all. You helped me bring it up by a half a point, and it's going to land at four tennis balls hitting Kramer in the face out of five. <laughs> None of us did jerk stores. No, I think that would have been too easy. Yeah, that been yeah, yeah, too easy. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. That's okay. So, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, you know, I, overall, I think this lands in a pretty good, yeah. a very good spot. I, I think it's a fun episode. episode of Seinfeld. I really yeah. do. And it's one that I've always enjoyed and I'm happy to see that I, I do think it still holds up really well. And then just kind of like, not gonna lie, just knowing what they had to do to get the tennis shots and everything, uh, mm -hmm. kind of brings it up a little bit in my book too, oh, yeah. because it showed how much of a professional, like the crew was and how they were able to pull that off. So props yeah. to them for, yeah. for a great episode of Seinfeld. Absolutely. So, uh, and props to you for a great episode of Pad. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> every episode of Podcasting After Dark is a great episode of Podcasting After Dark. Thank and you. And that means every single one of you should be checking that out and check out their Patreon. I'm not going to lie. You guys have some killer material. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, right now on the Podcast After Dark Patreon, we have uh, two exclusive shows, but one of them is really interesting. It's called The Carpenter Factor, and Zach and I are spending two years going through John Carpenter's filmography in order completely uh, every month with a new movie, and we're basically going to, by the end of it, try to see what exactly is 
the Carpenter Factor, and uh, we hope to discover it there. So we have a great time over podcasting after dark. Um, and if you guys ever want to check out the Patreon, that's patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. Now, Adam, you got a bunch of fun stuff going on over at Throwback Trivia Takedown's uh, po- Patreon as well, don't you? We do. Uh, in our Patreon, it gives you access to our tournament. So you there can you jump go. in our tournament. So we're a little bit... Um, it's not a Patreon-exclusive show or anything like that, but it brings you on to the episode. If you like nostalgic trivia, um, the best way to get on the show is to do that. We're you know getting more patrons all the time, so it's kind of fun to get bring people on set. We're actually in the middle of our tournament this year, and it's going to be a long one. We're going to be doing it for a hot minute, so if anybody wants to be on the tournament next year, jump on in. We're excited about it. Yeah, and uh, you know if you like uh, Talking Back and Action Action, they have Patreon uh, as well, mm-hmm. um, and they have a bunch of great shows going going on over over there as well a lot of exclusive content happening so you know i mean if you if you like a podcast it doesn't have to be us it can be anybody but if you like a podcast you know try to support them on on patreon because we're all just artists trying to create content for people to you know and to forget about the madness that's happening in the world so you know and we're recording so far ahead i don't even know what's going on in the world right now but i assume Mm -hmm. it's pretty fucking insane so uh support art support your favorite (laughs) artists always (laughs) yes please do yes please do and we'll catch you guys next week with the van buren boys I just showed the gang sign. I know. Will we give it an eight out of uh, five? We'll see. Everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast.